What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo back in the show. It is Thursday, January 25th. We have a special guest, Troy Halliburton, uh, on Twitter slash X at Troy Halliburton. Doesn't really need an introduction. Everyone knows him as one of the most knowledgeable and insightful Wizards Media members, is that what is that what we should call you? What should we call you, or, or just like an expert? What what should we call you, as like the the, the main all knower of informationing of Wizards World? I mean, with something like a, a Wizards Twitter conciliary out here and, and a wartime conciliary at that. <laughs> <laughs> and like I was saying, man, no introduction needed. Everyone knows. Don't need to get into all that we are here because something very special and near and dear to my heart happened today is we have gotten rid of another bad basketball coach. Um, Earlier this morning, it was announced that uh, the Wizards did not necessarily fire Wes Unsell Jr., but they transferred him per se into a different position in the front office, which I think is kind of a little malarkey, but we'll get into that um, in a second. And then to close the show, We'll also go over some light trade stuff. I know that that's kind of the big talk right now. Um, recently, there's been nothing else to talk about because nothing has happened. Wizards play a game, get their ass beat. Uh, next game, they play, get their ass beat. Next game, they're up by 10 and end up getting their ass beat. So it, it just hasn't really been a, a lot to go over from a positive light. So naturally, we've been kind of shifting to trade. But now it's nice that we have something to talk about other than Wizards losing and trade stuff. And Troy, I'm going to just let you kick it off here with the West Sunset Jr. stuff. How did this happen? Um, why did it happen? What was sort of the final straw and just anything in between that you feel like the people should know? Yeah, well, I, I feel like, honestly, this happened because, I mean, the, just the energy around the team had been, been, been kind of going down over the last couple of weeks. Just as far as like the the evaluating the performances, and you know when you go when you go down to the arena, well, when I go down to the arena and talk to people, you know I I just been getting to, to hear some some rumblings about just just an overall uneasiness uh, uh, within the organization, and you know I think that when when you when you listen to uh, Will Dawkins and uh, Michael Winger's press conference from earlier today where they talked about the lack of uh, competitive edge and, and, and there's the overall lack of competitiveness that they were seeing from the team in some of these games. And and, and to me, I think that, you know, like they, they, they made a decision that I think everyone all already expected them to make, but they just did it a, a little bit sooner than everyone expected. Yeah, I mean, we had been talking for um, a long time, me and Dama, whether it's been on the, the podcast or um, in one of our group chats on Twitter. And it's just like, you know, we had been wanting this guy gone for a long time. I mean, even probably prior to the season. And we said several times, like, you know, they're probably not going to fire him. And we get the reasons why, look, they're going to be bad anyway. If, if if it helps you get the higher pit, go for it. But I, w- I was always a, a little bit... I disagreed a little bit with that in the sense that I still think that you can be bad when loss wise, but you can still make progress in other areas and such as player development, um, putting the right guys out there on the floor. Like to me, those were just the two simple things all Wes had to do was play the young guys and at least see Bilal developing. And as long as those one and a half things happened, there was nothing else Wes could do this year to piss me off. And after game one, I was pissed. Um, I was ready for him to be gone after game one. And so I am a little surprised that um, they did this as early as they did. But I am a little relieved because I think that it needed to happen. Um, but before we get back to you, Troy, I figured I'd let Damo get in here real quick. Nah, I mean, I was just going to say, I'm, I was starting to think for a little entertaining idea of him coming back next year. Because, I mean, it just felt like the goals were – to lose as many games as possible. Um, I mean, West wasn't making really no in-game adjustments, no changes with the starting lineup, wasn't really holding guys accountable. You see in the games, they weren't really paying attention to him. So I just felt like, all right, well, maybe he just he's helping the tank. They picked up the option. Clearly, you know, the 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 trade scuttlebutt was that they're trying to get picks, you know, in the 25, 26, 27 drafts 
So clearly they know they want to be bad going forward. So like Wes helps that. So maybe you bring him back, you take another year, and then you go get the coach you really want. Um, but yeah, for them to kind of just rip the band-aid off now, uh yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I mean so, I definitely I think that I think everybody was pretty much thrown off the scent with uh with them picking up West Unsurgeon's option for next year. And and that that to me was a little strange because like for 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 a new front office to come in, you know, like they didn't hire West Unsell Jr. to be the head coach. So for them to without them being able to evaluate him and to give him that option, like it, to me, that 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 seems like to kind of throw the the scent off a little bit to to what their true intentions were. But I mean, for anybody who's been watching the team play, like you know, I sent a tweet out maybe a couple of weeks ago where I said, like, at what point does West Unsell Jr. switch up the starting lineup just for shits and giggles at this point? Because you know, like it's, for the team to be as bad as they are. And for him to be so rigid on his uh, decision making and his lineups, like it, it, to me, it, it just showed a guy who really never had the pulse of the team and really was not able to figure out how to, you know, kind of navigate these different personalities uh, uh, when, when you're the leader of, of men as an NBA head coach. I yeah, it seemed it like really gonna... weird. Um, sorry, just real quick. I thought it was really weird, especially um, we were talking about the fourth year, and I mentioned this to Damo before you had jumped in, but um, I didn't. It seemed weird for the fourth year after they had already said, that, "Oh yeah, he was getting fired um, after the season, regardless of what happened." And I'm like, "Okay, was that known like in hindsight before like?" Like before the season started, did they know that they were going to let him go and they still accepted the fourth year anyway? Or did they get so bad at a point during the regular season where they were like, okay, like there's nothing this guy can do to redeem himself at this point? I kind of wonder which one it was. And maybe if it was the the former, then maybe it does make a little bit of sense because Ted was like, okay, you know, I mean, he, he meant a lot to this organization. He hasn't exactly had that easy of a, of a time here with this job. Um, give him his fourth year and give him the money. And then after that, I don't care what you guys do with him. If you want to fire him midseason, then go for it. So I don't know which one it was, but either way, I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, especially the the latter there too, because I mean, I think it just got to a point where like, I think everyone was just kind of pissed at Wes. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, y- you do get some pull a little bit and a little bit of leeway because of how bad the team is, but it gets to a point where it's like, what are you doing to help that though? And I know that bad teams are going to be bad regardless, but I mean, there's got to be something redeemable that you can bring to the table. And for Wes, I'm just not sure what that was with this group. Yeah, well, I'm a little dubious of that report from Shams uh, because number one, it doesn't really make any sense. Number two, Shams isn't really a Wizards guy as far as like, uh, like Woj is a guy who is very much connected to the Wizards organization, and he's always he's always been there. He's always been around. The, the the organization he, he pops in he's able to talk to different people like shams just doesn't really have that type of connection with within the wizards organization so i'd be leery of of him making a report like that because like where did he even get that information from um and, and i think that really kind of kind of uh brings me to, to to one of my uh best uh observations that i think i've had this season uh, was was when I was in the media room yesterday uh, when, when they were playing the Timberwolves, and I noticed Brian Windhorse. And to me, my antenna went up just noticing like a a a, a high major uh, big time reporter such as uh, Brian Windhorse uh, coming into a, a, a January. Uh, Wednesday night game with the Wizards versus the Timberwolves, like it, it automatically sent up my antenna as far as you know, like w- what what was going on. I, I figured that it could be some some trade talks, but but looking back on it now, like he clearly uh, uh, had been hearing some rumblings, and, and and he showed up, and, and and he watching him work yesterday was like was like uh, uh, Mr. Wolf in uh, Pulp Fiction, and Samuel Jackson at the end. He says it's, it's just an honor to, to watch you work, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sound like it sounds like Wendy is the Grim Reaper, man. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't say pretty much the, the Grim Reaper, but it's just like you can tell like when, when a guy like a, a major national guy comes in and it's just like okay, he's getting all the information from everybody. It's like people were lining up waiting to talk to him like like, like it was the godfather. Like <laughs> now that Wes is gone and we're we brought up um not bring in but brought up uh brian keep to take over his interim for the rest of the year first what do you think the move should tell wizards fans um what are michael winger and will dawkins trying to tell us and what do you think we can expect from brian keith well i think they're trying to tell wizards fans that if you want to uh be able to to kind of predict what their future moves are going to be. You need to start looking at their relationships from the past. And so, you know, when when, when you look at uh, Keith, like the, the fact that you know he has relationships with with both uh, Dawkins and Winger, like I, I think that you you got to start looking at the fact that you know they're going to start what how how uh, they moved in Oklahoma City and then with the Los Angeles Clippers respectively is how they're going to try to move here with the uh, Washington Wizards. And so, you know, I, I think there were a lot of people around the league who thought that David Vanderpool uh, probably would get an opportunity or maybe was in line to deserve an opportunity. But, you know, he, he's just not one of their guys, uh, you know, coming, coming from their past relationships. Oh, and I did want to ask real quick before we get on to the trade stuff, um, because you bring up a good point about him being one of their guys. Was was he a guy that necessarily was like they were like, oh, Wes, yeah, you're going to put him on the staff. Or did they truly like let Wes pick the coaches and he just happened to be one of them? Because, again, like I'm, tr- I'm trying to put all the pieces together. They accepted his fourth year option. And I know that you said that we got to take that Shams rumor with a grain of salt. And I get it. But just for conversation purposes, um, they said they were going to fire him no matter what. They they had hired Brian Keefe. So this all seems to me like if you put all the, the puzzle pieces together, unless I'm overthinking it, but it all seems like this was kind of planned in a sense. I mean, I think that in a sense, it possibly could have been planned. Uh, I know that, you know, with, with, with them rearranging uh, what's on so Jr.'s staff coming from last season, you know, I, I think that you had to look at his, his past staff uh, and 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 really think that they needed an upgrade, and no matter where that came from. So, like, I, I think that it possibly he could have been a plant that 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 was there to 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 ultimately uh, sub uh, you know subplant uh, uh, West Unsell Junior. Because at the end of the day, you know, like like I said, like West Unsell Junior wasn't their hire. So you know, for for them to to bring in and put some of their guys on his coaching staff, that would kind of make uh, total sense to me. Well, y'all y'all explaining this out in real time. It's it's almost making me think this is kind of like a Doc Rivers, Adrian Griffin situation, but on a much more micro level. Like you you knew you wanted to kind of move on from Wes, or there were some issues with him, so you bring in two assistants revered assistants one of them that you have a relationship with you put him on his staff he gets to assess the situation for 40 games you fire west and then you make him the interim and so it kind of makes me think that that keith has a shot at holding his job beyond this year do you think that's possible i think that's definitely possible uh especially though when when you consider the interpersonal relationships that he has uh with, with both the gm and the president and then when, when when you look at you know some some of the things that he's been able to do from a basketball standpoint, you know that that he's worked with some you know some some really great players and, and, and you know guys like Kevin Durant you know really think think very highly of him and so you know I, I think that he's a guy who you know has a lot of experience already and he knows what exactly the the president and GM want. So I think that, you know, he, he definitely will have a shot. But, you know, uh, I think that, that with, with both of these smart guys, they're, they're, they might also be looking at other, uh, you know, the, 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 the Mark Dagnall route from OKC, where, where you just go out and find a, yeah. a very smart, mm-hmm. young uh, video coordinator, assistant type, and, 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 and maybe give somebody a, a, a fresh an opportunity. But 
you know, I, I think that Keith will definitely have an opportunity to to show uh, showcase his skills uh, to 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 the president and GM, and you know, I I I think he has a chance to, to be able to keep the job, especially if, if he's able to turn uh, the, the season around and and you know just you know if they could get to to twenty wins this season, I, I think that you know that that'll be that'll go a long way in showing. That that he's capable of of leading this franchise going forward. Yeah, and again, like how we kind of discussed earlier with Wes, I mean, it, it, it's it's not going to be that hard to impress, honestly. And um, as I say this, and they announced the starting lineup a little while ago, the starting lineup has not changed, and whether that's for trade purposes or not, where uh, Wizards fans are not getting the immediate changes, at least from a, a starting lineup perspective. But uh, you know, it's going to be one of those things where it's not going to change overnight. It's going to be. Um, one small change and, and trying to implement it. And that kind of stuff is going to take time when trying to um, make a team look like how you want it to look. But again, I mean, generally speaking, it's not going to take a lot to impress. Play the young guys. Um, look like you can at least run a system that players can run and it can be effective when you have good enough players. Um, and, you know, just just play the guys that, that make sense. Make sure Bilal gets better. You know, I mean, it, it's very simple this year, the, the head coaching job for the Wizards, and it's a shame that Wes couldn't capitalize on that. Um, Troy, any final thoughts on uh, the, the Wes Sunsell Jr. And the, and the coaching change in general before we get on to the trade stuff? Well, I think I think we have to talk about the fact that they did not fire him, that they they transferred him over. You know, it's like like the office. You know, he's the, now he's the assistant to the regional manager. Right. You know, like right. they move him over to Monumental Basketball and and or uh, into the front office for Monumental Basketball. And so now you when when you pull out the organizational chart for for what Monumental Basketball looks like, like don't don't get me lying to trying to explain you know who reports to who and and what side of Monumental Basketball these people are on or what if any of a role West Ontario Junior is going to have in the front office. Like to me, I personally think that this was more of a of a reverence play to to not offend you know the great West Unsell Senior, you know, and his family, and, and, and by 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 totally disrespecting and scapegoating West Unsell Junior, and so you know I think this this is more of a a a, a ceremonious uh, uh, hiring or or a transfer over to the front office because like at the end of the day, like they, they've already got John Thompson the third. They've already got Brett Greenberg over there. They've already got a president and a GM. Like it really what 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 more do they do they need from a front office standpoint? And how much of a role can he really be able to carve out for himself? Yeah, I just think it's a good faith I just think it's a good faith parting gift just because, you know, what his last name is. Like I was saying before, like if his last name was Jones, I don't, I don't think we have in this conversation. But, but in, but also, they gotta kind of wear some of this too because you can't just scapegoat him, you know, with the roster you've you've given him. Like you can't, you know, y'all made the trade, trade and Bill and KP for basically Jordan Poole and Tyus Jones, and then you had Gallo and Muscala as the backup bigs on the team. Y'all did that, right? And I and I get, you know, their hands are tied and they had to do the best deal they could do at the time. But that's the roster he was given. So you can't act like you were expecting, you know, a competitive 30-win team and that now that you're on pace to only win 13 games under West, oh, we got to fire him. Like, nah, you can't, you can't do that. But, you know, I, I think, you know, with his last name, they did a good faith thing, similar to picking up that fourth, you know, that fourth year option. They did a good faith thing, you know, so they don't look like the bad guys. And then, you know, Wes can kind of, you know, dip off into the sunset when he get ready. You know, if another coaching job comes up or something, he could just dip out and, and it won't be no major headline. Yeah, I agree. And, and something I think that uh, Brendan pointed out earlier that I think is really important like it's it's more than just the wins and losses. Like it, it's to me, it, it's the it's the lack of growth. Uh, 
that you see within like certain aspects of certain players within the organization, the lack of overall growth, team growth. Like, like to me, they're no better as a team, you know, in game 43 than they were in game one. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and some of those blown leads and, and, and just, just to me, like, I don't think he showed the, uh, the ability to, 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 to help this team grow and 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 get and put them in, in a position to to rebuild a, according to the vision of what uh, Dawkins and Winger want. All right, um, all good to to wrap it up here on the the West Sell Junior job transfer and uh, promoting Brian Key for some games. Uh, definitely excited for the the season. Um, the the rest of the way though, I, I think that we'll have a lot to look forward to, especially after the trade deadline, as we hopefully uh, ship a couple more guys out and get our young guys some more run. Uh, trade talk. So we're gonna go over a, a, a little bit briefly, just because you know th- there may be new stuff that arises in the coming weeks. You know, it is trade season, so stuff can change every day, and I don't want to give you guys all this dialogue and when things can change the the very next day or two. But, uh, Troy, really quick, just to get your opinion on it from the, the, the follow-up after the deal, what did you think of the Marvin Bagley trade and how he's looked so far? I thought that was the perfect type of trade that a rebuilding team should make, going out and, and trying to, uh, you know, revitalize the career of a, of a high uh, lottery draft pick, such as Bagley, who's picked second overall. You know, th- this is a guy who has fallen out of rotations and, and, and different spots. But, you know, one thing that the Wizards are were lacking tremendously is it's just overall talent. And for a team who came into the season without a legitimate backup center, like it, it just made perfect sense to go out and, and get a guy who can come in and 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 try to kind of rehab his value. And honestly, like he brings a lot of things to the aspect uh, to the to the center position that that Gafford doesn't bring, uh, you know. For for one, I was watching just just noticing yesterday while while watching the game that Bagley has great hands catching the ball around the basket. Yeah. Something that you know Gafford, you throw the ball like the only the only pass that Gafford catches well is a lob, and you know Bagley just brings a, a different skill set to 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 what Gafford does at the center position. And so, you know, when you look at adding on his salary for, for this year and next year, it's only, what, $12 million next year. You know, I, I think that's a that's a good flyer on a player who has a lot of upside and high-end talent who just kind of needs to find his uh, role in the NBA by just getting out there and, and playing more basketball. And I guess that's a good segue to to get into some of the trade talk now for the guys we might be shipping out. And look, I know that um, you said that the Wizards needed a backup center and, you know, that that was definitely well understood coming into the season. I mean, we even talked about what would they just cut Gallinari or Muscala um, in preseason, especially Gallinari, because, I mean, the guy just can't move anymore. Um, but th- the reality is it seems like Daniel Gafford may have some trade value. And if you're not really missing a whole lot, um, you'd definitely be missing some some important stuff with moving on from Gafford, especially when you consider what else we have on the team. But if you can just put Bagley in there and, you know, you just say, well, we'll suck it up for the rest of the year like we've been doing. Um, what, what do you think the, the interest is for Gafford around the league and what type of expected return do you think the Wizards could get for him? Yeah, I think that there's a high – I think there's high interest in Gafford around the league because – uh, you know, he's also on a very, you know, uh, cost-friendly uh, contract. And, you know, this is a guy who his his, his skill set is limited, uh, but he, he the things that he does well, like, are, are things that a lot of winning basketball teams need, like the, the ability mm-hmm. to, to, you know, kind of switch pick and rolls, the ability to defend at the rim, and the ability to finish around the basket. Like, th- those are... Those are three skills that I think that he has that that would be able to help out any winning basketball team from from the center position. Uh, you know, I I I've been hearing things about uh, Oklahoma City maybe being interested or showing interest in, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, uh, looking into Gafford, you, you know, that Will Dawkins already came from there, and Oklahoma City kind of needs a, a a little bit of center. Uh, 
uh, uh, uh, I guess, an insurance because you know Chet Holmgren, while he is 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 looking like the potential rookie of the year, you know he's still a young player uh, himself, and so I think that they kind of want to shore up uh, uh, their big man rotation. So that that's something that I might be on the lookout for 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 a potential move for the Wizards. I did see earlier that um, a trade, a potential trade that was put out there, and it was, um, I, I think it was Bobby Marks. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody. Uh, maybe one of you two guys saw, but it was Gafford to the Thunder, and it was, I think, uh, I think we were talking about this in the in the group chat, though. I think it was a 2028 protected first, yeah. uh, two second-round picks, and then Davis Bertans. I mean, I, I think that for uh, you'd like that first round pick to be a little bit earlier. And if it's going to be that much later, maybe, you know, take the protection off of it. Um, I think it was top 10 protected is what the suggestion was. But I mean, I think that that's a fine return for um, a guy that again, it's like you're going to be building your team around Gafford or anything. And again, I question whether or not he's even a starter in this league. I would lean toward no. So, I mean, if you're able to get two second round picks, a protected first, which by then OKC is like what, 2028. So they're probably going to be title contenders. So it's like, you know, we'll probably get to keep that first. So it's like, you know, that's a pretty good return for a guy. Again, I, I think that's your player. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's a decent return for, for Daniel Gafford. But, you know, sometime, sometimes it's, it may be just worth it to, to keep the player, you know. And, right. and, and I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Gafford uh, – uh, ended up still on the Wizards roster after the trade deadline. I, I think that there are are, are, are uh, definitely uh, uh, more highly likely uh, players to be traded before Daniel Gafford. Uh, and, and that's a good point. And that's something I wanted to say as well. And I think Damo may share the same sentiment as I do. And, um, and as you just mentioned, but you don't necessarily have to get rid of him now. I mean, one of the things that Will Dawkins – um, I believe said about this team that he wanted them to look was more athletic. And, um, you know, I think a, a word that Tommy Shepard used when, when he was still here was uh, more bouncy, unless that was Will Dawkins, I could be getting it mixed up, but um, either way, I mean, I, I think that the front courts and the modern NBA definitely need to be able to be athletic, um, be multi-positional defensively, um, run up and down the floor, be able to block shots and finishing around the rim. I mean, both these guys, Gafford and Bagley, can both do that very, very well. And they both do some different things that I think complement each other's play a little bit, even though they may not necessarily be playing together a whole lot at the same time. But if you could go into next season with those two as your starter backup, you know, insert whoever is your starter as you please. But, you know, that's definitely not the, the worst one-two punch combo in the NBA. I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I, yeah, I, think I don't that, think they like they keep him, man, because it's just he. I I don't think Gafford is obviously some star or anything, or even like a a, a surefire starter. But I, I still think the best version of him was when he had Russell Westbrook, an actual like real point guard that that got two feet in the paint and could throw lobs. Like we don't have that. We haven't had that since Russ has been gone. And like I can only imagine like him Gafford being on a team with Shea and Jalen Williams or Luca, you know, or even like a Rockets team with a Fred Van Vliet, guys that get in the paint and can throw a, a lob or, or like a Trey Young. Like he would feast with a with a point guard like that. So I, I could see a scenario where we keep him and we adjust the point guard situation via the draft somehow and and then Gafford takes another leap. Um because he he is a really good lob threat. But you don't really have the point guard play here, in my opinion, to to maximize that. So, you know, he, you know, when he when you put him next to Bagley, who can play out the 15 feet, go left, got a little, you know, touch around the rim, got a nice little jumper. You know, it kind it makes Bagley look much more much better. But I think I think Gafford with an elite point guard, his value would go up. I agree 100 percent like that, that he is a. He's a player where he is very much uh, dependent on the things that are around him. You know, having a point guard. Uh, you know, having he he he's probably a much better defender when when you don't have you know uh, uh, the Ole defense in front of him. Where, where everybody's like just just letting their man r r uh, drive right by them and and, and attacking him. 
Like I, I think that if you if he had better pieces around him, I think that his overall performance would be much more optimal. Sorry, I know I was muted. All right, second player. Um, a little less desirable, but still worth talking about nonetheless. Uh, DeLon Wright. Um, I feel like he would be very useful for a team that is needing like a, a combo guard defender. Um, you know, pretty much what he is. I don't know why I said it like that because, you know, that's kind of what he is. But he does provide a, a little bit offensively, too. And a team that comes to mind is Milwaukee. I um, mean, look, they don't have any first round picks to trade. I mean, we could throw that out the window, though. We're not getting any first round picks for DeLon Wright. Um, but maybe, you know, like a second round pick or two. I would expect that that's the value for him um, if there's any market for his services at all. And I'm just curious as to whether or not you think that he's a legit guy to be moved or maybe this is a guy they're not able to and they have to buy him out and they just find him a new home post deadline. Because I, I, I would say that it would be safe to assume at this point that he probably is not a guy that they'd consider re-signing. Yeah, I don't think that he's involved in, in, the, in the team's future plans uh, to me. You know, if they want to be able to uh, to trade him this season, they probably should stop playing him because the more teams see of him, the less <laughs> likely that they're going to probably want him. Because uh, he he's having the to me, I think that he's having a a a, a down year uh, to by his standard. Um, but yeah, that, I, I think he, he's a he's another one. He's a a a, a real NBA specialist. Where you know, like he has to go to a team that needs. Uh, you know, a defensive presence, and and he could come in, and you know, if you can buy him, you know, ten minutes like ne next to playing next to Damian Lillard, then I think that's a perfect you know fit. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe another team like a uh, uh, Boston who who needs a, a a bigger guard instead of having Peyton Pritchard come out there and, and try to guard all these bigger players. Maybe you know they could uh, combine those two players, but um, he 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 isn't everybody's flavor of tea. <laughs> Jeez, could you imagine, like, you have DeLon Wright, Drew Holiday, oh uh, Derek White. Oh, my goodness. I just haven't liked how DeLon has approached the game since he's been back from injury, man. Like, I just feel like he's been on, like, this mode to, like, showcase his offensive game. And I'm just like, dude, like, who, who do you think you game. are? Like, what? that's not your game. Like, just be the 3 and D combo, you know, defensive specialist, swing the ball. You know, getting them passing lanes, guard your man. But, like, why are you taking guys off the dribble top of the key, calling your number, going ISO, throwing up some bullshit at the rim? Like, I, I just – I have not enjoyed watching him play since he's been back from injury at all. That's why I said that the more he plays, the the the, the more his value goes down. Like, <laughs> I, I think I – th I, and I like DeLon Wright, like, as a player. But he he's just his his skill set is so specialized that he has to get into a place where okay we we're asking a team where they're only asking him to do you know two two or three things <laughs> right right nothing else don't do nothing else nothing else and there's still some value in that for, again for a lot of those contending teams who already have their rosters figured out and you're just looking for a guy who can like you guys say you know do one or two things that, you know, he may be really good at those one or two things that a team is, you know, really struggling in. And that could be the difference in, um, you know, losing a series in six and, and winning a series. You know, you never know what that kind of stuff. I mean, remember when DeLon Wright crapped on us in the playoffs and had like 18 points and then we were like, he's not doing it again. And then came out and did it again the very next game. I mean, it's, you know, it's stuff like that sometimes that you don't think about in the moment, but it can end up paying off in the long run. So maybe there is some value for him um, that some team sees, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I just wouldn't expect much. Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't expect much. Like, I mean, if they could, if they could finesse uh, Delon Wright into a second round pick, I, I you know, the I, I'd be ready to start giving. Uh, yeah. Dawkins and Winger, all the credit in the world if they were able to pull off some something like that. On to um, greener pastures in terms of um, expected trade value. Landry Shamit's a guy that's been thrown around a lot, um, has a lot of value, I think, to teams that are looking for a shooter. And he's one of the best off-platform uh, like off shooters um, in the NBA right now, really good off movement, can fade away at the three-point line, lean a little bit, doesn't really bother him, can shoot with a hand in his face. That's extremely valuable for 
a lot of teams. In a way, I would say that it's kind of the player that we wish Corey Kisper would turn into because I don't think that he's quite the the, the shooter that Shamit is from um, being off platform and being able to shoot off balance and um, being able to lean a little bit at the three-point line. But obviously, he's a little undersized as a guard, but overall, he seems to make up for it okay. Has some years left on his contract. Is there real interest in, in Shamit, do you think? And uh, what kind of value are we expecting there? I think there's real interest in Shamit. You know, he he's one of those guys where, you know, people come in and, and, and they play the Wizards and everybody leaves saying, you know, oh, Landry Shamit's looking really good. Like the fact that he, he, he's been uh, healthy for the majority of the season. You know, I know he started out the year with that broken foot, but – you know, like you said, like he he's really shown, uh, you know, a, a high propensity to to hit those jump shots. Uh, you know, moving off the dribble, and I think that you know his he the skills that he brings to the table is something that almost every uh you know contending team uh, uh could could use. The only problem is he's probably played for half the contenders already, so you know you, it's going to be tough to try to find a contender that. That that he hasn't played for, and but I think he's the perfect, you know, kind of uh, uh, add-on uh, trade chip that 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 you can can use to sweeten the deal. <laughs> Dama, what you got on Chandler, man? What what do you think at this point? What can yeah, we get? I mean, I'm I'm thinking maybe you know seconds again. Like I, you know, nobody's trading for him to be a starter. I don't think. Um, and he shot the ball decently. Uh, you know, he's actually has some athletic pop to him that I didn't know he had. Like, he didn't caught a couple bodies this year. I didn't know he could really jump like that. So, um, and he competes on the defensive end. It's just, you know, he's not he's not a starter to me. So, if they can move him and get another second-round pick, I mean, I think we might have a record for, for second-round picks over the next three years. So, that would, I, guess that, I guess that would be great. But if I would try to move him. Uh, maybe, maybe we can get Johnny Davis on the court. And Troy, before we get into our, um, our our big two here in terms of the the most popular to be dealt, how would you as a GM analyze like you know for example like with guys like Landry Shaman and Delon Wright like they're not world beaters they're bench players you know they're veterans how do you weigh like maybe not in Shaman's case because he's not expiring but for for guys that are more expiring and aging and it's like how do you weigh let's just get what we can for him versus no, we know more so the type of player we can be in and we'd rather like hold off and not make a move than um, trade him and undersell, but versus, you know, getting what you can for a guy that, you know, you're probably not going to keep around long-term. I think that, you know, if, if for, for, for these players who were not brought in under the, the winger and Dawkins regime, I think they're, 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 the majority of them are going to be looked as assets as, you know, what can we get for this player, uh, you know, in, in terms of draft capital. And, you know, I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because, number one, uh, these guys are already role players in the NBA. Like, they, they, they know that this kind of this, – this comes with the territory uh, of being a, a – a, a secondary or even tertiary, you know, type of player. You know, I I think that you know that if I was a GM, I, I would be, I would be looking to try to move these guys, like because honestly, the, the, these these are the type of role players that don't really uh, don't really succeed on 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 losing basketball teams. You know, these are guys who who play you know, significant roles when, when they're surrounded by much better talent. But on, on a team that's lacking a lot of talent, like, it, it, I don't I don't want to, you know, give Landry Shaman the ball and tell him to go out and shoot 20 times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, last two really quickly. Um, Tyus Jones. So, Tyus, I think that the, the, the argument with him has been, does he have first-round value? Does he not? I think it's probably worth noting that he's not going to be a starter um, in many other places. I think that maybe one shot that he had to, to be a starter, and, and we saw them make a move the other day, was the Miami Heat. Um, when the, I mean, obviously they lost Gabe Vincent over the offseason, 
And then they just traded Kyle Lowry for Terry Rozier. So Rozier's probably the starter there in Miami for the rest of the season. But um, what, what kind of value are you expecting for Tyus Jones? And I know that we kind of say, you know, well, he, he's kind of small, um, doesn't defend really well, but, you know, he shoots the ball decently. No, not dissimilar entirely from Monte Morris, but I think he is probably an overall better player than Monte Morris. Um, but what do you think that his expected return would be and how many legit teams do you think have legit interest in him? I'd say, I mean, it's first round or bust for uh, Tyus Jones. And I think that there are there are a number of teams around the league who are interested in his services. And I think that it has to do with the fact that, you know, this is a guy who, when you watch, you know, high-level playoff basketball, or like the NBA Finals or Conference Finals, Tyus Jones is a guy who you could 100% see being on the court in some of these games. Like, this is a guy who could be a top eight player or a top in the top eight rotation of a high-quality, you know, even championship-level team. So, you know, I I think if they can't get a first-round pick for him, then I think that, you know, they're not working the phones like like, like they should be. Well, and my next part of that was going to be, you know, I mean, he's obviously – a really talented player. He's very skilled. Um, Do you think that that's a situation where if they don't find a trade they're looking for, maybe they just do with what they did with Kuzma and they just say, screw it. And they try bringing the guy back on a reasonable deal. And if the opportunity presents itself to flip him at a later time, you do it. I guess that the question is at that point, do you view him as a starter or as a backup? Because, you know, we still have Jordan Poole trying to work with who knows if we draft a point guard. So it's like, how do you work all that out? I guess you work that out at a later time. Um, but uh, I guess, again, the, the question is, if you don't move him, if you're Will Dawkins, do you just try re-signing him to try and save face a little bit? Well, yeah, you try to re-sign him just, just to not let, you know, assets. For, for a team who, who doesn't have, you know, a lot of draft capital and assets, like, we could ill afford to just be letting, uh, you know, good players just, just walk and leave in free agency. Like, that doesn't really add up and make a lot of sense. Uh you know, I, I just honestly think that if they if they don't trade him, which I, at this point, like I would be shocked if he was on the Wizards roster uh, after the trade deadline. I'd be shocked if he was still here. Like I, I just honestly, I think that you know that 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 there will be an op- an ample opportunity to 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 try to get some some real draft capital for him and. You know, I I think that they are very much uh, on the same page as far as you know, uh, you know, shopping him around. Um, it just it just seems like it's too much of a need around the league. It's too many teams that that need his skill set. You know, as a as a fringe starter backup that takes care of the ball, shoots it well. I I I just I would be very shocked if he on a team after after February eighth. Yeah, I, I just, I honestly, I can't see it because I can't see him being on the team just because, you know, the demand is so high right now. And, and you know, I think that uh, with, with the way that the, the, the parity is kind of setting up in the NBA right now, there, there's about, you know, six or seven, maybe even eight teams around the league who think that they have a legitimate shot of winning the title this year. And so if a guy like Tyus Jones could come in and help out one of those teams, and, you know, I, I think that somebody is going to pull the trigger. All it takes is one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, big hitter. Now, there are reports that the Wizards are not necessarily, you know, looking to trade him. We, we've seen that the whole, you know, they've gotten calls, but they, um, I, I forget, reticent. I think was the word. Was the word he used. Um, yeah. Like, just, just say reluctant, man. Um, <laughs> but the, it seems like the, the, they're really not in a rush to move him, and they haven't been giving counter offers per se. And part of me is just wondering, like, because they have to know how good of a contract they have him on. Like, I was at the point in the off season where I was like, I don't even want to resign the guy because he's going to kill the cap. But after you see what they resign him for, it's like, oh yeah, 
yeah, we could use that because that's a contract that you can easily flip down the line. And I wonder if they're just trying to play into that here. And I'm sure they genuinely like Kuzma, but there has to be some awareness here that like, okay, like, let's be realistic. By the time this team is good again, he's probably, the, the contract is probably going to be up, if not removed from our payroll for a couple years by the time we're like, good, good. So there has to be some of that, you know, we should try and get something for him instead of just letting him ride out his contract. There has to be some mutual interest, you would think, on that part to help get him to a contender. But maybe that's not this year, and they genuinely this season are not interested in trading him, and maybe that's a a draft day next season discussion. But what are you hearing about Kuzma, and how serious do you think it is um, for him to get moved prior or at this trade deadline this year? Well, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he will get moved. Uh, number one, I think that the Wizards need him to be a part of their organization for everything that he does off of the court. And I'm not talking about serving in the community. I'm talking about being a leader, you know, uh, for 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 this team. Like, you know, for a team that you know ha- has has lacked uh, maturity issues and. And 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 effort and things of that nature. Like the one person who has kind of been able to to kind of try and their very best to hold everything together has been Kyle Kuzma, you know. And I think that ever since he stepped in, like even last year when Brad was even still here, you could tell that you know the guys yeah. in, around the locker room they were kind of looking to Kuz as you know the, the the team leader. So I think that you know as 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 a guy who. It is 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 just doing an amazing job of, you know, uh, uh, leading the franchise. You know, from 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 a best player standpoint, just as far as being the face of a franchise and doing all the things that that entails uh, off of the court. You know, I, I think that it, it's very important to to keep him around. And then the second thing involving Kuzma as to why I think he'll be around is because. Uh, his, his because the way they have his contract set up, because it decreases in value, he, he will actually be more valuable of a trade set two or three years from now than he is right now. Yeah, yeah, because he sure. in theory could be averaging more, putting up better numbers while making less money. Um, you know, exactly. so that, yeah, that, like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so so this is a guy you know I, that I think that they want around. That you know that that he's a very good and positive influence on the younger players, and you know th- th- this is a guy who, who who you know it's not like he's on an expiring deal or you know that that they they're going to be afraid that they won't be able to move it in the future. You know they 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 they're almost there, like to the exact opposite where where they know that they'll be able to 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 get interest from him uh, next uh, next season and possibly the season after. So out of the, the five guys that we talked about, how many of them do you think are you would lean towards yes, they're moved versus no? I think that you'll probably say Tyus, but are there any others or you think that that'll be their only one here? I, I think I'd, I'd look at Tyus, DeLon, and Shamit as all three possibly to probably getting moved depending on you know what, what what type of deals depending on you know how how active uh you know everybody else is in in in, in the trade market you know i think that the wizards are really kind of positioning themselves to be that you know that that team that's on the outskirts and like if if if, if teams are making deals they're gonna be like hey y'all need a third if you know let me know if you need a third person in this deal like that they the wizards are that team now <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of nice being able to just enjoy everyone else's messes and being like, yeah, we'll take your bad salary. Oh, but that sucks. You got to give us a draft pick with it and uh, and things like that. Oh, you want our talent? That's great. Uh, you got to give us some draft compensation for it or another young player. It's nice being on the other side of it and not being desperate to try and make this false push, which I, I guess the difference is for some of these teams and the Wizards teams in the past is like you said, a lot of these teams um, feel like they have legit shots contending and they probably do. Um, so, you know, maybe that drives up the, the asking price for some of these guys. And, um, I, I would, I would like to keep Gafford. If there's an offer that blows you away, if you get an unprotected first in a couple seconds attached to that, then yeah, maybe you do it. Um, but 
you know, outside of that, I mean, I'm with you. I think that there's a chance DeLong could be moved for like a second round pick. Um, Tyus, I think what I would have number one on my list is most likely to get moved. I'm with you. I don't think Kuzma's going to get moved either. Um, Damo, anything you want to close this topic out with before we kick it back to Troy to close off the episode? Nah, I just, I, I just hope, man. That I just hope after this deadline, we 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 see some more Bilal. Nah, that, that that's what I want to see. So hopefully, enough people get traded where that where that guy gets on the floor and we actually run some plays for him. Troy, yeah, any I, parting wisdom? Yeah, I'm look, Damo, like you you like you brought it up because honestly, Bilal is the most important uh, aspect of the Wizards organization as as, as it's currently constructed. You know, th- this is a guy who he's the only person that we can say for certain. Well, I guess he and Denny that, that are going to be around. We're sure that they're going to be around for the next uh, four seasons at least. So, you know, like th- th- this is a guy who, uh, you know, Bilal has shown so much promise. But it's time to, you know, this is a, this is a results-based business. You know, Jay-Z said it best. More victories are for minor league coaches. And, and Bilal doesn't have the luxury of playing for the Capital City Go-Go. You know, he plays for the Wizards. So, you know, it, it, it's, he, he's got to be able to, 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 to keep growing his game and improving upon his skill set. But, you know, the, he's got to be put in that position by, uh, by, by, by the Wizards and, and their new uh, interim head coach. I think that that's a, a really good positive way to end this is hopefully the 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 most important piece and and all this and and making this work long term just get some more run and develops as the season uh comes to more of a close and hopefully there's some moves at the trade deadline that help facilitate that um i just want to thank troy for coming on and taking the time to chat with us today always a pleasure when we have you on gotta have you back on again soon um you guys if you're not already following him i don't know why you probably are if anyone it's probably like troy retweeted this and people are listening to him and don't even follow me so um th- that'll probably be more likely in this scenario but anyway at troy Halliber, uh if you aren't subscribed to the pod please make sure that you are rate us five stars leave us a kind review thanks for listening and we'll see you next time